Welcome back to Small Town Missing. I'm Thomas. I'm Will. And I'm Rhonda. And thank you guys so much for liking, commenting, subscribing, sharing, uh, giving us suggestions, all the above. It's it, greatly appreciated. It's been so long since we've done this, y'all. It's almost like we didn't just do this like an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're, we're trying to... Uh, Stockpile. Have, yeah, have an extra episode in case we can't record during a uh, vacation week that's upcoming. And so. you know what? Y'all deserve it. Shoot, y'all work hard. All right. Well, you ready to start this episode? I am ready to start. Let's do it. Okay, so today we're talking about the disappearance of 11-year-old Mikhail Biggs. Mikhail was last seen on January 2nd, 1999 in Mesa, Arizona. Now, according to an article covered by Kylie True Crime Squarespace.com, Mikhail was known to be an intelligent young girl And she was only in the sixth grade when she disappeared, but she was considered musically gifted and even wanted to become a Disney animator when she grew up. That's a cool, like, job. You know, I didn't have, like, anything, like, super specific like that. She must have loved the Disney films. I love that. Uh, She must have. I mean, 11 years old and, hey, I want to be a Disney animator. She probably wanted to be a princess at a time. You know, all that stuff. Could be. Her family describes her as fun-loving and a sweet young girl. Yes, as they all are. On the evening of January 2nd, 1999, Mikhail and her younger sister, Kimber, were out having fun riding their bikes near the family home. While apparently riding down the block on which they lived, the girls thought they heard an ice cream truck in the distance. Wanting to get themselves a treat, the girls decided to stop and wait for the truck. Now, according to Mikhail's page on Charlie Project, Mikhail and Kimber decided to wait for the truck near the area of Toltec Street, T-O-L-T-E-C, and El Moro Avenue. Since it was January, it's a little bit colder than normal. Now, mm-hmm. they are in Arizona. Yeah, but still, like I guess, a little bit colder than they're used to. Yeah, probably. In January in Arizona. I'm sure it's a little bit chilly, but not like most of the country. Yeah, not like here, I bet. So they decide to grab a jacket, and Kimber goes back, only to see that Mikhail has disappeared without a trace. Yeah. Uh, no, don't just mark it down. Let me redo that sentence. Since it was January, it was a bit colder than normal, so Kimber decided to go and get a winter coat for herself. After venturing back to the family home to grab a jacket, Kimber came back only to see that Mikhail had disappeared without a trace. Yeah, like, wow, like in such a like short span of time. Oh, yeah, I mean, they were on the block, so yeah. it couldn't have taken that long. Yeah. Mikhail's bike that she'd been riding was found at the scene, but there was little to no physical evidence that was otherwise left. One interesting note that we found was that the bike was apparently not found at the corner of the street, but back near the family's home. Yeah, because she had been doing apparently like circles in the street. Like I think Kimber, like in her recollection in some videos that I've seen, she's like, oh yeah, like she was making these big circles like near the family home. So this was not like super far away. So, you know, this is very close. Yeah, and apparently the bike's back wheel was still spinning. Yeah, so you think that that just happened. Well, and like you say, and according to Kimber, she said she was only gone for 90 90 seconds. Isn't that like crazy? Like a minute and a half and then like someone's gone. Yeah, exactly. Within 30 minutes of her disappearance, Mikhail's family and friends began forming searches. No witnesses were reported seeing anything. No witnesses had reported seeing anything suspicious around this time. And no one had heard anything that could resemble a kidnapping. Yeah. The entire area near Mikhail's home was searched. No evidence was found. Search dogs used in the initial phase of the investigation lost Mikhail's scent only feet 
from the recovered bike. Mm-hmm. And it was thought that McHale had been placed into an unknown vehicle and driven away from the scene. Yeah. I mean, which, you know, we always hear that, like, you know, dogs will be looking for a scent. I feel like we've heard that in like Maura Murray's case and all that kind of stuff. Like all of these cases, a lot of them that we talked about, like, oh yeah, they just lose a scent. So maybe they got into a car. Yeah. I mean, and that makes sense. All ice cream vendors in the area were cleared of any involvement. Known sex offenders in the vicinity of the area were also cleared of any connection in McHale's disappearance. Mm-hmm. According to an article posted on CBSNews.com by Aaron Moriarty, it only took 30 minutes for a thousand people, a thousand, yeah. to assemble and start looking for McHale. Isn't that crazy? Like, I yeah. mean, and I hope that, you know, I'm glad that there was a sense of community there. So, that, I mean, good for them. Yeah, and it, it sounds like she was really loved by her community. 100%. Multiple police cars and officers were involved in the search, and every major news station in the area was out there on the ground helping to get the word out. Yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. Despite all of this help, nothing tangible was found at the time. Nothing significant pertaining to Mikhail's case would happen for the next few days. Yeah. January 9th, so here we are seven days later. Yeah. Police received a tip about a freshly dug grave site outside of Mesa that may have been linked to Mikhail. Yeah, um, so maybe they're just like, hey, like we've discovered this location. She may be there. Yeah, that's kind of frightening. Yeah, that's frightening. And, and, like, and I'm sure that they didn't want to think that, but I mean, after a certain amount of time, you're like, you know... I guess you just kind of have to think about all of the possibilities. Yeah. Now, the tip was investigated, but nothing was found. Mm-hmm. Another tip was called in. Investigators indicated that a copper-colored Jeep may be involved in McHale's abduction. The driver of the vehicle was eventually located, but apparently had nothing to do with the crime. Yeah, I can't find any in particular like information about like the specific name of that driver. I'm sure that they don't want to divulge anything to like prevent any red herrings. But yeah, I, I tried to look for the name. I couldn't find it. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, why bring somebody into something that has no connection? Yeah, exactly. Now, March 10th, so that was about two months later, a 10-year-old and an 11-year-old were supposedly abducted from a schoolyard near the area of Mikhail's abduction. Now, these abductions sounded similar, but it was later determined that this was a hoax. Yeah, so like I guess I'm assuming like it just didn't happen at all. So unless maybe they thought that there was an abduction, maybe this 10 and 11-year-old were found eventually, they had just wandered off. I couldn't find really any info about that. No detail either. as to what? Yeah, okay. so I don't know. So just a hoax. So I was just like, well, I'll mention it because it sounds important. Yeah, and, well, and obviously it was a relief to the community that they hadn't been taken, but it didn't do McHale's family any good as no. far as their closure. A few potential people of interest have been listed over the years. One of these individuals was actually her father, yeah, Darren Biggs, but he was cleared pretty quickly by police officials. It seems as if people in the community were suspicious of Darren because he had a history of being a loner. Yeah, which I mean, oh shoot, I'm a loner too. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes we're all loners. Uh, yeah, like, you know, if I'm not just, I, I don't think anybody necessarily is going to be like, oh, hey, neighbor. You know, I don't know. I feel like that's creepy sometimes. So I'm just like, I'm not that person. So I hope I wouldn't be considered weird in a case like this. But, you know, who's to say? So uh, I just wanted to mention it. Just wanted to mention it. Yeah, you don't want to be intrusive. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that just sounds like that. Webs me the wrong way, you know, thinking about it. Yeah. Another person of interest in the case was a man named D. Blaylock, who was actually a neighbor of McHale's family. McHale's father really feels that D. is the person responsible for McHale's disappearance, mm-hmm. but this has never been officially corroborated. Yeah, all alleged here. D.'s alibi during the time of the suspected abduction was he was at home watching a football game, and his wife confirmed this. Yeah. Due to this, D was cleared of any potential 
uh, wrongdoing during the early phase of the investigation. Although D has never officially been charged with anything related to McHale's disappearance, it must be stated that he does have a record that has kept him on police radar all these years later. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so much so that he's been investigated several times pertaining to the case. Now, that's interesting. Yeah, it's like, well, I guess, like, they think about, oh, okay, like, we think, uh, you know, he's a potential... And you'll see why, because, I mean, he has a violent history. I mean, I can understand maybe if it was, like, a different type of crime. Like, oh, like, some white-collar crime. But he has, like, a violent criminal history. So I don't blame them for reinvestigating him. Yeah, so it sounds like they've never really ruled him out. They just keep coming back to Yeah, they kind of keep coming back to look at him. All right. Oh, well, here we go. Currently, D is serving a 187-year prison sentence for, quote, attacking his neighbor. Yeah. 187 years. Yeah, which, I mean, you don't get 187 years for, like, oh, a punch to the face. That's, like, a violent, violent crime. So, I, And you'll see in a second because I, I list a little bit more info. Wow. Okay. Charlie Project's case summary goes into a little bit more detail about Dee's crimes. Some of these involve sex offenses in three separate states, which Dee did have to register as a sex offender. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm assuming he was one of those ones that they investigated early, but they have said that they have, you know, cleared everybody of any possible involvement. But I don't know. I mean, I guess that he's just the the one that jumps out to people the most. Yeah. And his current sentence came as a result from him apparently sexually assaulting and attempted to murder an old neighbor of his. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. 187 years. Good. I wish he was freaking buried under the jail. That's, I mean, for an assault on one person, or is it, you, do you think it's because these things have built up and he has a past of, well, you know, past record? I think it's because of how violent it was, and I don't know the extent of her injuries, but I mean, it was a, apparently attempted murder along with the sexual assault, along with all these other felonies. So I don't know if it's like some of the other states where you get three strikes and you're out, maybe, you know, and then it, like, you know how we've talked about that before, like the three strike rule or whatever it was called. But I'm assuming it's, it's this in conjunction with all of these other very, very like bad crimes criminal offenses that he's had yeah i mean I, you could see he could be a potential suspect there mm-hmm. uh, d has maintained his innocence over the years mikhail's family has visited him in his current stint in an, uh, in an arizona prison but he's maintained his innocence every time yeah mikhail's case remained cold for many years until march 14th 2018 when an unusual dollar bill was turned over to police officials in Nina, Wisconsin, N E N N A H, Nina. Mm-hmm. I assume that's it. Yeah, um, I believe so. The area is roughly two hours from Madison, Wisconsin, which is the capital of the state. The dollar bill was handed over to police and it had something scribbled on it. Yeah. And it said, My name is Mikhail Biggs, kidnapped from Mesa. I'm alive. Oh, gosh. That's creepy. Oh, my gosh. That is creepy. Well, and like, you know, uh, it, you have to take that seriously. I mean, you really have to. I don't know what kind of like usable DNA or usable anything you can get off a dollar bill that's probably been handed over a million different times. But you have to, you know, I'm glad they turned it in. Uh, yeah, I, I am too. But uh, it goes on to say that the her family immediately thought it was a hoax. Kimber herself said that Mikhail's name was misspelled. And so the family pretty much wrote it off as somebody just playing a joke. <sighs> Screw those type of people. I'm just going to say it. Like, really? Like, this family's suffered for all of these years anyway, and you're going to, like, throw something in there that, like, gets their hopes up, you know? Well, now this isn't the first time we've seen this. That's very true. People are just cruel. I've learned this over the years for sure. Yeah, for some reason they want to energy. You know, it could be legitimate, 
but then there are people out there who just want to interject themselves into something. Oh, yeah, just to, for a cruel joke. Yeah. Uh, Mikhail's sister, Kimber, has blamed herself over the years for Mikhail's disappearance. According to a subreddit page supposedly posted by Kimber, the Biggs family believes that Mikhail has been murdered, but they still seek justice for her. And on this Reddit post, Kimber posted a link to a Facebook page opened in honor of her sister. That link will be in our show notes. Her family strongly believes that Dee Blaylock is the one responsible for Mikhail's death, despite no physical evidence to prove it. Yeah. He, he just, I think, I think he was only a couple of streets down from them, just kind of fit, like, you know, uh, just just kind of fits, like, with his cr- other crimes that he's had over the years. I think that they're just thinking, like, this sounds the most promising. So I don't blame them for looking into that, but it has never been corroborated for sure. So maybe just a couple of blocks from their own home? Yeah, from the home. So, I mean, not out of the realm of possibility for her to get, you know, for him to abduct her, allegedly, reportedly. But I don't, you know, we don't know if that happened at all. Right. Yeah, 1999. So you wouldn't have had a lot of ring doorbells or anything like no, that? No, not at all. Now, over the years, some uh, sketches have been released of possible persons of interest but not widely widely publicized by the media. Now, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, they can be seen on Charlie Project, on McHale's page. Law officials aren't completely sure whether or not these individuals were definitely linked to the case. So, uh, and you're guessing that's why that they're, they're not being broadcast out there because it's a possible red herring. Yeah, they're just like, let's not just, you know, that's just putting more eyes on different things that maybe don't need to be put out there so they're just like and we're just not even going to really publicize those but they are available if you guys want to see them now that's interesting you would think they'd put as much information out there as they could that's what i thought to gather more information yeah just to see i mean because you never know if somebody's linked or not you know and i don't believe these had any like similarities to d at all but um you know i could be incorrect with that but not that i ever heard okay well at the time of her distant Disappearance, Mikhail was wearing a red T-shirt with her elementary school's name, Lindbergh, imprinted on the front, bell-bottom jeans with embroidered seams on the sides of both pant legs, white canvas shoes, and possibly earrings. She's described as a Caucasian female with brown hair and hazel eyes. Her upper front teeth are described as prominent. Oh, we all went through that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> didn't we all go through that? I we just did. think she's cute as a bug if you see her. Yeah, the buck teeth or the gap teeth. Yeah, if y'all look up a picture of her, she is just cute as a bug. Her ears are pierced and she has several moles on the left side of her neck. And she had recently gotten a perm at the time of her disappearance Mm -hmm. in 1999. Oh, yep. It's the season. I'm telling you. This case drives home the fact that families just need to keep a close eye on their younger children, especially those who aren't closely supervised. Yeah. You know, obviously standing out there in the street watching the kids ride their bikes, not Well, you wouldn't think, you know, back in the day, you just wouldn't think that would be something you had to do. Like, it's right across the street. You could see it through the window. Like, you know, her sister's out there with her. Like, it'll be fine. And then all of a sudden, it's just not. So that, that it's a crazy world we live in. Yeah. I mean, who, you wouldn't think that in your neighborhood, riding up and down on your bike. Nope. I would not. Abductions like Kayla's are exceptionally rare, and you've got some statistics here, Will. Oh, of course. Yeah, you've got uh, oh, less than 1% of missing children reported are missing 
as missing or abducted by a complete stranger. Less than 1%. So I'm assuming that just goes to show that, like, you know, maybe the ones, like, they not, they might not know them directly. Like, you know how we've always heard, like, oh, yeah, it's normally, like, someone who's affiliated with the family, maybe, like, a family friend, someone who's met the family before, like, maybe knew their routines. So I'm assuming what they mean by complete stranger is someone just randomly just, like, picks someone up off the street. With, you know, if D was allegedly the one that did it, I suppose he's not, like, a random stranger because seemingly maybe they would have known him through like being a neighbor or like something like that but that's all alleged but it is interesting to see those kinds of statistics yeah that is interesting and you're you're right I guess he would have been probably maybe an acquaintance acquaintance I'd say I mean not necessarily like they were friendly but knew the family yeah and again that's all speculation nothing's ever been proved that he has any kind of connection with this no not at all if you have any information on Mikhail Biggs' disappearance, you can call the Mesa Police Department at 480-644-2211. And as always, our sources will be listed in our show notes, and you can follow us on Instagram at Small Town Missing. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Continue to like, comment, and subscribe. and. Look forward to next week. Yes. And before we go, I'm so sorry. I meant to say this at the top of the episode. This is actually a user request that I did for one of the um, people that have left us a review who wanted us to have a Facebook page. They had to reach out on... um, Yes, we will work on a Facebook page here soon. We will. We say that every week, I feel like. We (laughs) we do. We, We are planning on doing it. It's just... It's hard. The times I've done it, it tells me that I'm in... I'm basically impersonating someone. You are. I'm telling you, we're we're impersonating uh, some really successful multi-million dollar podcast. I'm I'm impersonating myself. Okay. (laughs) Oh, well, hey, let me throw something else out. I don't know if this one, it depends on which one we do, uh, which one we release next. Uh Uh-huh. Because we, as you guys probably heard at the top of the show, we record a couple of shows today. Yeah, we did. And one of those will be episode number 50. That's a big thing, y'all. That's like, we've been doing, we've been podcasting, not necessarily on this one, but over almost like two years. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're just, we're just old pros at this point. All right, guys. (laughs) I guess if you say so. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we're doing good. I'm happy with the progress we've made. Me uh, me too, y'all. I've had fun. I wouldn't do it with anybody else. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Well, catch you next week. 